great. All right. Well, I'm going to ask everyone to make their way back to their seats. And we're going to get started and we're going to continue. And as Mark said, my name's Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking this morning. And I have a very unusual request that I'm only going to do this Sunday, even though I feel tempted to do this every Sunday, but I am going to cash in on this one now. And that is this. If you, because we're going to do safety in numbers, if you are under the age of 25, can you do me a favor? So you get to do it all in a group. I want you guys all sitting right in front of me because I've got a message for you. Thank you, Peter. Someone's going to lead the way. Quickly, that's it. And if you want to pretend you're under 25, you can come as well, okay? I will not check your ID, and so safety in numbers. You're doing great. Good-looking crew. Thank you. Way to be obedient. You've been so obedient. The next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to pass the offering around again. And we'll see how I won't do that, okay? Well, as Mark said, it's an exciting week for us. We've got Title Impact, so we have hundreds of teenagers from all across Atlantic Canada here this week, the Fredericton-Woodstock area, including our middle school crew and our leaders. And so we're pumped, stoked to be have a week together of training, teaching, serving, worship, prayer, and fun together. And so some of us were around in 2004, the last time that we were involved in a title impact when it was here in Fredericton, and we had an incredible week, and we're looking forward to another great week together. And the theme for title impact, if you've been following along, is every day, everywhere. And the tagline is this, becoming people on mission with Jesus every day, everywhere. And so this morning, I want to speak specifically to our middle schoolers, to our youth, but this applies to all of us. And when I say all of us, my parents are in the back row. They are not under 25. And this message is even for them, okay? So this covers at least up to age 87 that I know of whoever else might be here above that age, okay? So first of all, and my intro has kind of already been taken with what Gabby and Chad shared, but hallelujah, isn't that awesome when all this ties together? But my first question is, so who has seen the latest version of The Lion King in theaters just the last couple of days. Wow. Well, who is planning on going to see The Lion King? There's a, there's a lot more hands. Aiden, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna love the new one. And here's the next question I'm gonna have. Who has seen the old version of The Lion King? There we go. So for those who have seen the old version, can you believe it's been 25 years? years since the Lion King went. Some of our youth leaders. Will, how old are you? How, what was that? How old? 22. Oh, dear me. Nathan, how old are you? 20. Grace? 20. Okay, we got to keep moving right along. How many saw the Lion King on VHS in your home. Oh, we have a few. The front couple of rows might need to Google what VHS means. And here's the next question. This one's a tricky one. Who's actually seen the musical, The Lion King? Oh my soul, well done. Fantastic. Well, whether 
which way you've seen it, and I hope most of you have uh, seen it, you'll get with some of the things that we're going to talk about today. But what a story. It's an epic story. Good, evil. I mean, wow. Simba, Scar, you've got father issues, you've got tragedies, you've got jealousy, you've got humor, you've got love. Can you feel the love tonight? Some of you, that's all right. That song won a Grammy that year, just for the record, okay? And that's all I'll say. We had fights, and we've got battles and issues to work through, and for some of us, that was our first time learning Swahili. So some of us learned Swahili. Some of you didn't even know you were learning Swahili. Thank you. There we go. It's a trouble-free, yes, philosophy. Did you know that you were learning Swahili? See, you are more versed in Swahili than you ever thought, and we're learning more in our worship songs. But here's the thing with the Lion King story. On that story, there was a whole community, a whole culture, a whole, in a sense, people group tribe that was at stake based on some of the decisions that were made in that story. And I love that story because it reminds me so much of the stories we read in the Bible. And did you know this? The writers of The Lion King borrowed, I'm going to be generous and say borrowed, from the life of Moses and the life of Joseph from the Bible in The Lion King. So if you kind of go and you watch that movie and you say, wow, that reminds me of some things in the Bible, it should because it's based on many things from the Bible. The other thing the movie does is this. It has this imagery of lions. And if you were here in a worship time, Gabby brought one aspect of imagery of a lion, and Chad brought another of the imagery of the lion. And those are the things I want to speak in today. We have what the Bible calls the Lion of Judah, referring to Jesus, Son of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And we have, as we just heard, Gabby read that out first from First Peter, we have an enemy who is like a lion who prowls about seeking someone to devour. So what a contrast. Jesus, the true king, king of kings, lord of lords, the lion of Judah. And what a roar that lion has. And we have an enemy, Satan, which kind of sounds interesting because Satan, all he can do is counterfeit, who tries to be like the lion. But his agenda is to rob, kill, and destroy. He's seeking someone to devour. Now, the question here this morning that I want to speak to this crew, but it goes to all of us here this morning, is do you realize that the things we're talking about this morning are not just a story, they're not just a movie, there's a reality that there are two types of lions who are seeking to have an influence and a relationship one way or another with you. And that's not just a made-up story, that's the reality. And the thing with movies is a lot of times movies allow us, and it's easier for us to see that there's a good and that there's an evil. But sometimes we just live our normal everyday lives and we don't realize that there's a battle going on for our lives. 
that there is a battle going on between good and evil. And this morning we've been singing about God, Jesus, light, truth, life. And we have an enemy who, Jesus says, wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And so my question for you this morning is, first of all, do you even know there's a battle going on for your life? And it affects both now, but it also affects for eternity. It affects, and sometimes it's hard when you're young to think about life after death, but this goes on for eternity. There is a battle going on for each one of our lives. And what I want to try to do this morning, I believe God's put on my heart, is to help you understand the difference between the two lions so that you can understand which voice is speaking to you, which voice is trying to influence you, which voice should you end up following. And as Chad has already said, we want to line up and be in the middle of the line of Judah's roar, that we're in the middle of God's will following him. So let's take a minute and let's take a look at these two lions, okay? So first of all, we're going to spend most of our time on Jesus, the Lion of Judah. Woo! I'm so stoked for this because I was showing the boys my notes. I'm like, Chad just, he just read my notes. So here we go. You've already heard this before. Let's take a look at Jesus, Lion of Judah. Revelation 5.5. 5. So the last book of the Bible says this, and there's a context to it because there's a context of these seals being given and they're asking the question, who can break these seals? And we don't have time to get in all that. But basically, they're in despair because they're going, no one can do it. And suddenly, we see this. A voice says, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed, NIV, conquered. ESV says this, the lion of Judah. Now, you can be saying, okay, Joe, I got this, but what does the lion of Judah mean? I mean, it's kind of a cool hashtag if you want to, you know, quote Jesus, hashtag Lion of Judah, and Root of David, you could add that on. What does that mean? Let me explain it to you, because this is really cool. And this is really our first point of how powerful Jesus is. That's in the last book of the Bible, Revelation 5.5. If we go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. So you got to remember, folks, this is like almost 2,000 years Genesis is written before Revelation. And through all those different things, this is what we read about in Genesis. Let me just set the context for Genesis. You might have heard of a guy named Abraham, and you might have heard of his son Isaac, and he had a son named Jacob. And God changed Jacob's name to Israel, and you've probably heard of Israel. And Jacob had 12 sons. And at the end of his life, and one of those sons' name was Judah. Can you follow me on that? Abraham had Isaac, who had Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and we call them the 12 tribes of Israel, one of those sons, his name was Judah. And before Jacob died, Jacob pronounced a blessing, which they did in the Jewish culture of the father pronounced a blessing over his sons. And God spoke through Jacob as he was blessing Judah. And we get to read what that blessing was. So I'm going to read it for you. This is from Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 to 10. So bear with me, because this is, we're going to connect the dots. So God speaks through Jacob to predict a leader and a king would come from Judah's tribe and family. And this is what it says. Judah, so he's prophesying, he's predicting, he's saying this blessing over Judah with the other 11 brothers. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son, 
Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and the obedience of the nations is his. Wow. And history reveals that from that prophecy and from that blessing that Jacob gave to his son Judah, out of that line of Judah came a guy named David who became the greatest earthly king of Israel and had the greatest empire Israel had seen. And more importantly, out of David's line came Jesus, who was the ultimate king. And Jesus brought about even a greater kingdom than David. And Jesus is referred to as the second David. And it says that all nations will be affected. All nations will come to worship Jesus. Because in their culture, in their language, a scepter and a ruler's staff is a sign of royalty and authority and kingship. Which Chad just talked about referring to a lion. Authority, kingship, rulership. And that is given to Jesus by God the Father. So when we see in Revelation that the, Jesus is the Lion of Judah, can you see from Genesis, the first book of the Bible, Revelation, the last book of the Bible, that God prophesied and predicted that from the line of Judah would come a ruler who would reign forever, that all nations would come to him. And we read the end of the story, and the end of the story says, Jesus fulfilled that prophecy, that prediction. So it's more than just a cool little you know, handle. It is Jesus, Lion of Judah. There is a weight of history behind that statement. There is power behind that title. There is authority and kingship and rulership that God the Father has given to Jesus. And Jesus is the true Lion of Judah. And when he roars, people listen. That's the Jesus we're talking about. So our first point about Jesus is this. Jesus is powerful. Jesus, the true king, the true lion, is powerful. And if we listen to Mark's message last week and over the last whole series of Mark, we see that through Jesus' life, through his death, through his resurrection, through his ascension back to heaven, and today it says that he's interceding, he's praying for us, his people. Jesus demonstrates he is a powerful king. Chad said these two things. I love it. Thank you, Chad, for being obedient. You might not know what you're going to say, but God certainly did. Jesus is powerful. The line of Judah is powerful. This is the contrast between the two lions. Jesus is also this. Jesus protects. Jesus is the lion who protects. And this is the amazing thing. Jesus uses his power to protect people. And I say that again. Jesus uses his power to protect his people. We read this in John 10. I think it was up earlier. I'll just read it. It's okay, guys. Jesus referring to himself, he says this, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. He's saying like, you're going to be safe. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
And if we had time to go in that passage in Revelation that I just read about Jesus being the Lion of Judah, verse 6 says this. It switches right from Lion of Judah, and you think, yes, powerful, Lion of Judah, to this, Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain. And Jesus, even though he was all-powerful, and Mark said it so well last week, on the cross, he could have come down from the cross, he could have called angels, he could have done it, whole kinds of things. Jesus, Lion of Judah, became the Lamb of God. Jesus became the sacrifice. Jesus knew there was a penalty to be paid for our sin, our wrongdoing, our breaking of God's laws, our worshiping other people and other things, all those things that separate us from God. We needed a rescue. And Jesus, the Lion of Judah, came to protect, and he laid down his life. And when he did that, the penalty for sin was paid. The wrath of God, the justice of God that was so right and holy was fulfilled and satisfied in Jesus' sacrifice, that Jesus fulfilled the Father's will. He didn't use his power to lord over, but to serve. And Mark said it this way last week, the man who can't save himself saves others. Jesus, the line of Judah, used his power to protect, and folks, he still protects his flock today. Jesus is watching over, so Kelly can pray out, Jesus, you're sovereign, you're Lord, you're in control over everything. Even in our chaos, you are working things together for your will, for our good, if we've been called by Jesus Christ. God is protecting. Jesus, the line of Judah, protects us. He protects us by putting us into a family, a church. He protects us by giving us godly leaders to teach God's word and to model our lives. He protects us through his Holy Spirit. He protects us today. Jesus, the line of Judah, not only is he powerful, but he uses that power to protect his people. Jesus says this as well. It's the line of Judah. He provides. And I love it. I love it. Chad, you said it. You said it at least twice. The lion protects and the lion provides. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, to have it abundantly. And here's one of the biggest difference, folks, if you're trying to figure out, is this Jesus or is this the enemy? Jesus, the Lion of Judah, gives life. He gives life. He gives life now. And what, let me flesh that out for you. What do we mean he gives life? Well, he gives life as in like he gives us breath in our lungs and food and water and all those things, absolutely. But Jesus says he provides meaning and purpose for our lives. Because many people... They have physical life, they're breathing, they can exercise, they're living, but they don't have a clue why they're here, and that brings stress and anxiety and fear and loneliness. Jesus says, I've come to give you life. What's he saying? I've come to give you life because I've come to give you meaning and purpose, and your meaning and purpose is this, it's to know God. And as you get to know God, and as you get to understand some of the things we're even doing today corporately together, that we begin to worship God, that we begin to live our lives that please God, that we begin to obey God, not because we have to, but our heart changes, that frozen heart, that even heart that we try to make look good that we know is rotten to the core. God gives us a new heart, and he gives us a new desire, and he begins to give us purpose and meaning that affects every aspect of our lives. Hallelujah. Who wants to live an aimless, lost life? 
We don't want to waste our lives. Jesus brings purpose, and he says, your purpose, you were created by God to know God. Sin gets in the way. Jesus has come to deal with sin and to get us back that we can know God, not only just in our head, but in our heart. And Jesus provides the way for that. Jesus also provides this. He puts you in a family. Hallelujah. So Jesus said when he left, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, and we're going to come to the Holy Spirit in a moment, but he puts you into a family. You can have brothers and sisters in Christ. You can have like parents, like spiritual parents in Christ. You're put into a family. Hallelujah. And I know some of you in your physical families, you've been orphans, you've been adopted, all kinds of different things you've worked through, and living on the other side, you know the good of what it is to be brought into a physical family. God puts you into a spiritual family that has flesh and blood around it. So God provides salvation, and God provides a family and a church. God also provides this. He provides the Holy Spirit. This is amazing. God, not only does he come down and live, and he breathed, and he was with us, and he died on the cross, when he went back to heaven, he came, and he said, if you are a follower of Jesus, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. So if you get confused and say, well, I can kind of get Jesus. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's just like Jesus. He says, I'm going to give you another counselor, another comforter, and I'm going to live inside of you. I know Peter, so I can do this. <laughs> All right. He's going to live inside of us. So it's not just theory. It's not just believing the right thing. His Holy Spirit, who is alive and active, who the Bible says is our helper, our comforter, our counselor, our teacher. He's our lawyer. He's our advocate. He actually lives in us. And he helps us to live a life that pleases God. And we get to know God because the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us and we begin to recognize his voice and we begin to understand God speaking. So Gabby can go, God, would you provide dreams for me to help you understand? And she can go, oh, I thought that was a nightmare at first, but the Holy Spirit helps. It kept, it kept coming back to me. I just couldn't understand. And then the Holy Spirit helps bring revelation. That's a warning. Chad's able to say, God's saying something. I've got something stirring. I know it has something about a lion and a roar. He has no idea what I'm speaking on this morning. That's the Holy Spirit speaking because God wants to speak through us to bring encouragement and education, strengthening. And this week, middle school crew, guess what? You're going to learn about spiritual gifts. God provides you gifts. It gets even better. He gives you spiritual gifts that you can use to help build up the body and bring change to your community. And we're going to learn about prophecy. We're going to learn about gifts of administration and service and gifts of helps and mercy. God gives gifts. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been given his Holy Spirit. doesn't matter what age you are. He gives you gifts that you can use to help others. God provides. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, provides. He provides salvation. He provides a family. He provides you with spiritual gifts. He provides you with his Holy Spirit. Jesus provides. I've come to give you life. Life that's abundant. Life that's to the full. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Woo. So here's the contrast. And we're going to spend just a little bit of time on this. I'm trying to highlight Jesus' line of Judah, that if you know these things, that Jesus is powerful, 
that Jesus protects, that Jesus provides in these ways. You're going to help discern and understand who you're following, because we're all following somebody or something, and whose voice is speaking to you. Because as Gabby's dream illustrated, we have an enemy, and Satan always tries, he can't, he's not creative. He has to counterfeit the real thing. And Jesus is the real thing. And Satan, as we read earlier from 1 Peter 5.8, says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So here's just some things, thanks guys, we're going to look at just quickly. This enemy who the Bible says is like a lion looking to devour, he deceives. And Jesus said this, Satan's native tongue, you know what Satan's language is? He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. So Jesus is truth. Satan, the counterfeit, is a liar. He seeks to deceive. And we see that right from the beginning. If we went back to Genesis and Satan tempts Adam and Eve, God's first creation, who are in great relationship with God, and he begins to plant some seeds of lying. Did God really say this? And he begins to draw away from the true line of Judah to follow an enemy who deceives. That Satan lies and he usurps true authority. And if you do see the Lion King, I'm, I'm telling you, Scar is a great example of how Satan works. So Scar manipulates everything. With Simba's father, and then, I mean, he's behind it all. He plots the whole thing, and then Simba, he makes him feel guilty and ashamed. And what does Simba do? Simba runs away. I mean, it's right out of the Bible, folks. It is right out of the Bible. Satan deceives, plan plans these things. When it all happens, guilt, shame, we run away from God because we're fearful. It's all there. Satan deceives, he manipulates, he condemns, he shames, he steals. And what does that look like? Satan tries to deceive us about our identity. So Satan will try to deceive us to find our identity outside of Jesus Christ. And God spoke through Gary this morning saying, there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you're a Christian, you're in that name. That is your identity. You are in Christ. And Satan will try to tempt you and deceive you to put your identity in everything else but Jesus. He'll tempt you about your purpose, and he'll deceive you to think that your purpose is all about satisfying you. And he'll make you the little G God of your world and hide Jesus. He'll try to deceive us about our words, and the Bible says that our words can bring blessing or they can bring cursing. He'll try to deceive us about our actions, that our body, instead of being made pure and holy for God and that we're to use our body for God's purposes, we want to use our body for our purposes. That he'll deceive us about worship. And what is worship? Worship, at the heart of it, is who are we putting our trust in for our security, for everything in life? So we want to put it in money. We want to put it in relationships, other people, our status. We need to put our worship in Jesus, in him alone. Gabby already said it. I won't spend much time on it. 
Not only does Satan deceive, Satan is dangerous. That, that dream was powerful, wasn't it? We're feeding the lion milk and sugar. <laughs> Satan does two extremes to seek to devour. One, he intimidates. So it says, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So Satan can roar, and Satan uses fear. Satan's a bully. Satan scares us, and he uses things on the extreme to make us do or think or act in certain ways that aren't lining up with Jesus. And he bullies us into not following Jesus. Satan also does the other extreme. What's this? It's like he's invisible. <laughs> so he intimidates, roar, and you're like, whoa, I better follow Satan. I better obey what he has to say. And then it's Gabby's dream. Satan's invisible. He's just biding his time. Just keep feeding me. Just keep petting me. Just let me around your kids. Just let me be here. And we all think, oh, this is cute and cuddly. But folks, there comes a day <laughs> when that lion's going to bite. <laughs> we have a dangerous enemy. He's not as powerful as Jesus. Absolutely not. He doesn't even come close. But folks, compared to you and me, he's very dangerous. And folks, that dream is a wake-up call for us to realize that sometimes in our culture, just in our everyday life, that we need to wake up that there's a dangerous enemy. So there's outward things. Some outward things are so obvious, but they're there every day. Drugs, alcohol, how we use our body with sexual things, it's all there that we can just think, I'm doing it, no one's getting hurt, nothing's happened yet, so we just keep on going. No idea that that's going to come back to bite us. We have an enemy who's going to kill us. There's inward things, there's attitudes, there's how we view people, how we use our words and our actions, and sometimes, just as Angela used that picture this morning, we can look nice and shiny on the outside, but we know it's fake and it's false, that there's not good things going on. That even the outside can look good, what's going on in the inside, and Jesus is concerned about the inside. Folks, we have a dangerous enemy. And the last part, it adds up, the first of deceiving and being dangerous. Satan's end game is this, he wants to destroy. Jesus said, your enemy comes to rob kill and destroy jesus came to give life and to give it to its fullness to give it abundantly in the lion king the uncle scar he was selfish and guess what it affected it destroyed the whole community so one person's action affected the whole community and satan deceives and he lies and he intimidates and he tries to be invisible but the end result is always this he wants to rob kill and destroy so you take a look at this relationships what does satan want to do he wants to rob kill and destroy and this applies to all of us parents and kids satan wants to rob kill and destroy he wants to separate those relationships between siblings brothers and sisters sisters and sisters brothers and brothers satan wants to divide rob kill and destroy at our school, how we treat our friends, in our sports teams, in our church, in our relationships even between boys and girls, Satan wants to rob, kill, and destroy. 
God, Satan wants to do this with our physical health. In what we inhale, what we ingest, what we do, he wants to take us down physically with our identity. We've already mentioned it. Shame, guilt, pride, all those different things. Folks, you've got to see this. We have an enemy who prowls around seeking someone to devour. He deceives. He's dangerous. Ultimately, he destroys. And folks, we need to see inwardly and outwardly our actions, our attitudes, our words, all those things. We might not see it right here, but the path that we're on, if it's not following Jesus, is going to destroy us. And not only destroy us, it's going to destroy those around us. Now, I'm trying to contrast, and we're going to change, and this is their closing. I'm trying to contrast Jesus, line of Judah. How do you know it's Jesus? Jesus is powerful, but he brings protection, and he provides life for us. The enemy wants to destroy. Now, what I want to do, just in these last couple of minutes, I just want to give you a couple of things that you can do to know, okay, I might understand or I'm starting to understand more between Jesus and Satan, but how do I actually follow Jesus? How do I follow in the middle of that roar so that I line up with Jesus? Quickly, here's a couple of things, and we get this from J James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. James says this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Let me read that again. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Folks, it's, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard, but it is simple. Be near to Jesus. Draw near to Jesus. And Joe, you say, what does that look like? This is what it looks like, folks. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing out of our mouth is, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> Jesus, I declare with my mouth, I'm going to follow you today with your help. When you're eating breakfast, open up God's word and say, Jesus, would you speak to me and fill me with your truth? When you're on the bus going to school, whether you're walking to school, maybe you're homeschooled and you're still at the breakfast table, you get to call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to be near me today. Folks, every day, everywhere, we can call on Jesus. And it doesn't have to be a physical building, so you don't have to say, well, I have to wait until I can get somewhere to be near Jesus. Jesus is with you by his spirit, and we can call on him. And folks, a lot of times it's this, it's whispering the name of Jesus. So you might be at school, you might be in sports things, and guess what? I know it's going to happen. I know. You're going to be with your friends, and some of them are going to want to pick on other kids. And you've got a choice to make. And drawing near to Jesus is just this. In your mind, or even whispering, Jesus, give me strength to do the right thing. Give me the strength not to say bad words. Give me the strength to do what you would, Jesus, that you protect, that you provide, that you give life. Folks, that's where Jesus becomes real. We want Jesus to be real on a Sunday morning, but we want Jesus to be real in every aspect of our lives, even in the difficult things, especially in the difficult things. And what's one of our weapons? It's this. Draw near to Jesus. How do you draw near to Jesus? You call on the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. That's what this whole morning was about. 
And sometimes you're going to hear things about resisting the devil and all these things. The Bible says this, how do you resist the devil? You run to Jesus. If you're running to Jesus, that equals resisting the devil. <laughs> so don't worry so much about the devil. Worry about running to Jesus. <laughs> Submit yourselves to God then and resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? By running to Jesus. So get away from the enemy lion who wants to rob, kill, and destroy and run to the lion of Judah. Be near God. God was speaking through Gabby this morning. Be alert. 1 Peter 5, 8, that first start of it says this. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Be self-controlled. Don't get comfortable with sin and Satan and culture. Know what you're dealing with, that we're dealing with a dangerous enemy. Be alert. This week we had to drive to Boston and even being in a different context with a busy traffic and a different thing, guess what? I was more alert than when I am just driving around Fredericton. <laughs> Why? Because it was new and I knew the danger behind it, but sometimes I can get lazy driving here in Fredericton. It's just as dangerous. can have a car accident here. I could hurt somebody else here just as much as in Boston, but because I knew it was a different context, I was more alert. And we can get so comfortable in our everyday life that we're not alert. And Jesus is saying to us, be alert. You have an enemy who's prowling around who wants to devour us. And the last one, be in team. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking, seeking for someone to devour. You know what? It's a whole lot easier to be picked off by a lion if you're out there by the lake all by yourself. <clears throat> but if you're with a herd, when you're with a family, it's a lot harder to be picked off. And folks, we need each other. And we say it all the time, but it's true. We need each other. God's put us on a team. God's put us in a family. So that's when we talk about fuel and wanting to see middle school, high school, all you guys together. Part of it is because we need each other. Because we don't want any of us picked off. Church, we need each other. We can get picked off when we're all on our own. And Satan likes to isolate and to get us cut off. We need each other. We need each other when we pray together. There's strength in praying together. We need each other worshiping together. We need each other in our small groups meeting together. We need each other just texting one another an encouragement, a word. We need each other for the spiritual gifts to be working together that are going to strengthen and encourage us. How do we defend? And how do we protect? We run to Jesus every day. We come to God first. We're alert. We don't get comfortable in our culture. We're in team together. Now here's your homework for today, and we're going to close. So your homework is this this week, and it's for our Title Impact crew, but it's for all of us. Here's your homework. How will you change one thing in your life to better follow Jesus and resist the devil? I'm going to say that again. You got homework this week. How will you change one thing in your life to better follow Jesus and to resist the devil? We've given you lots of material, hopefully. That's your homework. What is one thing? You might come up with 10 things. Go for it. Minimum one thing.
in your life to better follow Jesus and to resist the devil. Folks, this morning, from God's word, it's a story of two lions. And whether you know it or not, you're going to follow one or the other. And my exhortation to you this morning, and as was through the worship and through everything that's been shared, is for all of us to knowingly and willingly follow the true lion of Judah, who's powerful, who protects, who provides, who gives life, both now and in eternity. So run to Jesus. By doing that, you're going to resist the devil. And folks, your life and the life of others around you are affected by these decisions. Every day, everywhere. So let me pray. I'm going to pray that for all of us, the Holy Spirit would help us to run to Jesus, the true lion of Judah. Okay, and then I'll hand things back to Mark and Gary. Father, we thank you today. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you, Jesus, that your word says that you are the true line of Judah. You're powerful. Lord, that you protect, that you provide, that you give life. And this morning, Lord, I pray for our Title Impact crew. I pray for all our fuel guns, Lord. I pray for every person here, that, Lord, this week, that you would help us, Lord, to make changes in our lives that allow us to better follow Jesus and in doing that, resist the devil. I pray that in his Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Mark.